just sitting back this last, I don't know, a week or two ago going, you know, I need to add another air compressor to my setup so I can get more compressed air faster mm -hmm. into my tank mm -hmm. because I didn't want to have this secondary CO2 thingy. Now I'm out in the middle of nowhere and what a pain in the ass to get, you know, 10 pounds at a time or gallons or whatever it is. And now that Bob said what he said, Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, the premier show for Jeep enthusiasts and hardcore off-roaders. always have a problem with hardcore. I think I, I kind of have a PTSD about hardcore. <laughs> oh, God, mom, here we go. Mom you're walked paid. in one time. <laughs> yeah, it's your page. Things happen, man. <laughs> Whether you're new to the Jeep world or a seasoned Jeeper, we've got you covered with the latest Jeep uh, news, tips, and advice to help you get the most out of your Jeep. On tonight's episode, news stories, Wrangler outselling Bronco. Well, it just makes sense, but is it true? And then Newbie Nuggets, Wendy has a wiring dilemma to share. Hmm. What is it? You always cut the red wire, I think is, what, is how that works. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. In, in while bus holding or the something. Black. Yeah, wow. <laughs> While holding the black one at the same time. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, in the Gladiator update, damage means upgrade? That's a question. Ooh, we like that. <laughs> Upgrades. <laughs> and in our must-have stuff for your Jeep, Quadratech Baja HD Fender Flares. I don't know what the HD stands for. High definition or high displacement or I don't know. Uh, well, and, and we're not going to find out. That's, that's the best thing. Hot dog. <laughs> Hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> it goes back to Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, as I mentioned in our most recent roundtable episode, Josh is leaving the show. Pause for dramatic effect. Yes. Very All sad. Right. You know, of course, we'll still have his voice on the show, and it, God, there's probably 600, 700 episodes that you can always hear Josh's voice on the show. All you have to do is go back to the past catalog. So as many of us do at some point in our lives, Josh is having a financial hardship and must do what he has to do uh, to focus on making money and not doing a weekly show. Volunteering, I should say. Yeah. For a weekly show, which is important to point out, um, you know, and, and I and I don't want to freak anybody out, but I'll just remind you of the obvious. This is the frailty of a free show. <laughs> Someone has to pay out of their pocket and their time. Now, of course, I want to thank Josh for uh, for him being a volunteer for this show for 11 years. That's a lot of time and effort for God, you, the listener. That's an amazing amount of time. Oh, incredible. Holy it, it well, is just a blessing. And, and you too, Wendy, you've been here for a while. And yeah. it's just a blessing having people show up every week. Uh, and it's yeah. for free. I mean, you're taking your time out. So you could be doing anything else, like taking a nap. I mean, hell, I love naps. <laughs> yes, but hopefully this isn't permanent for Josh, right? Like he, things will come around and he'll be back on the show one day. So yeah, that's and, what I'm hoping for. And, and I don't want to – I hate to use this for uh, – <laughs> to get you guys to become paid subscribers but it's really and when i'm talking about paid subscribers i'm not you chuck because i know you'll never pay and uh, not you wendy because you volunteer your time that's right i'm already paying positive. But, yeah but the listener positive. yeah the li listener out there uh, because this is i mean if we were making vast sums of money this is what Josh would be doing full-time. This is what I'd be doing full-time. This is what uh, Wendy would be doing full-time. Chuck would still be doing construction and punching cows. So just, just so we're clear. Yes, cow punching. <laughs> and uh, so but it really is up to you guys. So there's two things you can do to help uh, extend the longevity of the Jeep Talk Show. 
One is let more people know about it. The more people we have listening, uh, the money will come. Uh, if we get to a certain level, I know that we're going to have uh, people that are willing to spend money on this show. It, it is a absolutely great show. And there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be able to, to have this show long into the future. Uh, but it, it, it really is dependent upon you. And this is a great uh, segue to our Patreon. Um, and I, 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 love, I love this because we're well on our way. And I'm very, I'm very happy. Exciting. Yeah, I'm very happy to announce we now have 12 Patreon subscribers. Awesome. That's like, uh, I have a question, Tony. Sure. What's Patreon? It's a weird name, isn't it? Yeah, can you help me? Is that like a streaming thing for some of us that don't even know what that is? What is Patreon? It is is really just a service that allows people to go to the Patreon website and subscribe to all kinds of things. I mean, there's artists out there that paint. There's uh, people that do uh, computer things, and uh, they may have... Uh, special content just on the Patreon where people can see. So it's kind of a platform where you can publish uh, audio, uh, images, videos, and uh, instead of people just watching it for free like on uh, YouTube, uh, well, of course, it's not free. There's commercials. But instead of people just watching or listing things for free, uh, they pay for them. They pay for the privilege of getting this information or seeing these things. And um, we we didn't go on Patreon for many years, and uh, here recently, uh, Patreon actually reached out uh, to the Jeep Talk Show. They were interested in having us on here because Patreon makes a little money uh, off of all the uh, the subscribers that we get. Uh, not a lot. Uh, I think it's five uh, percent or something. Um, so the majority of it goes to us. And when you're not making anything, uh, a little little something is is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So well, it helps. Helps to pay for electricity and keep the lights on at Studio A and all that good stuff. Right, yeah. I mean, it, and it does cost to publish the, the episode. I mean, I think we spend uh, about uh, $50, $60 a month. And when I say we, I mean me, because uh, right. I'm certainly not going to have the volunteers <laughs> chip in on it. Uh, the, the volunteers are already doing enough. So um, you guys out there, the listener, can help uh, pay for the show and this really keep uh keep the jeep talk show on the air because you never know when something's going to happen like what it's happened with josh fortunately uh it's not uh it's not me that's in a financial crisis but that could change in any given moment we all know how this works we've we've lived we know what's going to happen uh if we don't uh, take care of things and that's what i'm trying to do here but anyway to answer your question uh chuck it's really just a way to publish a different way to publish the episode and Publish it in a way where only those subscribers are the ones can uh, that can uh, uh, listen or uh, view what we put on there. So, uh, and we, of course, we have perks. We uh, it's uh, ad free content. Uh, it is um, uh, early access, and uh, we even throw in a, a Jeep Talk Show sticker. And I'm working on other per- perks uh, to give to our Patreon subscribers because uh, it just makes sense. You know, they're helping us. We want to help them. That's awesome. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and on this episode, I share a wiring dilemma that we weren't sure we were going to make it home. <laughs> Good morning, Jeep Talk Show. It's uh, it's May, and I'm still trying to f- figure out how to plan on this year's Jeep and trips. 
You so, better hurry up. Hopefully, by, <laughs> yeah, hopefully by November, I'll know when I'm going where where this yeah, year. I guess this year, yeah, by November, I love it. <laughs> are you are you still coming? Uh, planning to come down to the JTS uh, event in Texas on June the third? Yes, and I got an email today that says I have a large delivery on the sixth. So, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so what it, I, I think if June is a third uh, is on a Saturday, that means I get back on the 4th or 5th, and then turn around and go and do a big delivery on the 6th. So the goal is to be there, yes, 100%. I need to order my my day, my, uh, what is that dang thing called that we sleep in, that building? Um, I need to get well, one they've of got the bunkhouse, and they've got the yeah. uh, Starlight Motel, and I, I recommend the Starlight, especially, yeah, gonna- especially if you want Mary Lee to be on top, because it has a bunk bed. <laughs> oh, geez, are we talking about that already? <laughs> Okay, so the bunkhouse it is. <laughs> Marilee's like, stop, just well, they stop. Got, they got bunk beds yeah. in the, the bunkhouse too. I mean, there's uh, you can hit, put eight people in there. It's there's nothing. She's gonna. Oh. Wait, I think I I think Marilee's taking the Starlight Hotel and Chuck's in the bunkhouse. That that's could what's be, gonna happen. or or maybe Chuck's gonna be on top. So <laughs> hey, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh my gosh! All, all, on top of all eight of us. I, I wonder. I wonder if she gets slapped. Well, I mean, if if Chuck get slapped while they're driving down the road and she's I going why so. are you talking about me slap it slap, slap. <laughs> every time i talk about her or, or whatever she just shakes her head rolls her eyes and goes does anybody even really know the truth like no <laughs> no the truth isn't fun <laughs> no. no no one wants to know i'm actually just a sissy yeah no one no one wants to hear that well, I'm just curious what Tony said. Is Ford trending up while Jeep is trending down? I get it. People like to be different, do their own thing, but at what cost? Well, what we said in the past is 5% take their vehicles off-road. Really? Is it only 5%? I, w- I would almost argue five. it's higher. It, it, well, th- I like that, but I'm <laughs> I'm being pessimistic. <laughs> oh, I think it's got to be higher or something not right here. So, smoother riding Wrangler Bronco, it kind of makes sense. But if you're buying an off-road rig with a multi-billion dollar aftermarket support, who are you going to choose? Oh, that's a great point. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I like the idea of being different, but my God, I mean that uh, I just don't know that. Why would you want to go with something off road other than a Jeep? I I don't get it, and I've seen the others go off road, and they don't quite make it back all the way in one piece. Well, Chuck, I know all these vehicles, whether it's the Wrangler or the Bronco, it, it, they're all plastic to you, but uh, there was Broncos back when you were Jeeping with the, the older style Jeeps, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Bronco was like the cat's meow back in the day. You know, the Jeep was kind of the redheaded stepchild. The Bronco was really good. They had the uh, Toyota Land Cruiser, which was uh, an, uh, kind of a three-quarter size rig that was also absolutely Absolutely amazing. It had an inline six in it. And uh, the Bronco was kind of sh- badass because it had the first V8. You know, the 30, uh, excuse me, 289. I think the 289 was the first V8 uh, four wheel drive, and that was the Bronco. Mm, that's interesting. I don't, know, shit. I don't know about a lot about the uh, the, the early Ford or the, the late 60s, early 70s uh, Ford motors. I'm more of a, a Chevy knowledgeable person. But uh, yeah, I can, I can well imagine having a V8 and a uh, uh, a small uh, vehicle would be a lot of fun. I don't remember were the the late '60s. I don't know if you remember or not. Uh, you, uh, Chuck, or Wendy, was the Bronco a four door or was it a two door? I'm I'm leaning towards two door in the late '60s. It, 
It, it was a two-door, and uh, they actually even made aftermarket um, fiberglass cutouts that you can take your door off, and then you can fit this fiberglass piece in, and it made it look more like a, a, a Jeep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, been the, it's been the common thread for Ford is to look like a Jeep. <laughs> So and, uh, it's the really they've really been out of it for a long time. Then uh, Very competing long time. with the Jeep, yeah, nineteen seventy three, uh, they kind of got out of it and got into the larger Bronco, and then uh, that was the full size. They they broke into the full size market, and then in the early eighties, they came out with what's called the Bronco two, which was this kind of uh, smaller, almost like. You're going to hate where that, I'm about to go with this. The XJ version of the CJ, you know, the XJ was kind of like this um, familyized type Jeep. Mm -hmm. That's what the Bronco 2 came into, and that was in the early 80s. Yeah, I'm not a very big fan of anything other than the late 60s, early 70s Broncos. I think the rest of them are just kind of crap. Oh, that Bronco but, 2 was uh, horrible. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot like the XJ. The uh, the uh, now of course the the big Broncos the full size Broncos the, in the seventies or I guess around seventy mid seventies or so those were really cool uh, of course that's of OJ fame you remember that don't you Wendy I do yeah that was like a blazer like a big Chevy blazer or a big Bronco or, or a Ford Bronco that kind of that was the they they kind of coincided with each other the the bigger rigs. So, Wendy, uh, I know Wrangler's still winning, but uh, where's, where's Bronco, where's Ford Bronco in this, in this mix of sales? Well, I think they, they sold a few more if you add in both the Bronco Sport and the regular Bronco. But it's kind of hard if you look at the numbers and try to figure out exactly what they're doing. Because I think it's like when accountants start looking at numbers <laughs> and then you try to figure out what the hell they really mean. I don't know. So, they're kind of saying that Jeep sold about 37, almost 38,000 Wranglers in the first three months of this year. Good God. And, and Ford sold about 32,000. But you got to add in the Gladiator, you got to add in the Bronco Sport crossovers, you know. So I, I don't really understand this, Tony, quite frankly. I'm not sure what the numbers actually say. You know, I don't mean to beat this dead horse, but I don't understand if there's 37, almost 38,000 Wranglers being sold why don't we have 38,000 new listeners? <laughs> well, that was going to be my next question. What the heck? Why are we not reaching those people? I mean, come on. What's uh, wrong? It just seems like a no-brainer. You get a Jeep, yeah. you listen to the Jeep talk show. <laughs> I, I think we need I to spread the word. I, I, I wonder how many of the new Bronco sales were from last year, and it just took Ford this long <laughs> to get it to them. Well, and that is a good question, Chuck. I mean, are they actually counting actual sales or actual delivery as the numbers? I, and well, and I, I'm going to call a foul on the Bronco Sport. It is not a Bronco and it is not sporty. And it's barely a crossover. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the Escape. It's actually built on the Escape chassis. Oh, yes, my God. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. My... my uh, my best friend in the whole wide world live, lives up in Michigan. He's actually an engineer for Ford. Uh, he, he really was thinking about getting over to Stellantis. He helped create some of these vehicles. He loves his Bronco. A absolutely loves it. And he's a very, very much outdoors enthusiast, does back biking and backpacking and all that. And uh, he hasn't gone wheeling with it. 
But, well, I was uh, just going to say, so it sounds like, <laughs> wait a minute, it sounds like he drives his Bronco to those locations so that he can backpack and wheel. And you know what? The Bronco's yes. great for street. 100%. Sure. That IFS but, makes it a nice, smooth ride. But you take yeah. it off-road, and I'm telling you what, you're breaking parts and you're calling us Wranglers to come bail you up. <laughs> Agreed. Bron- uh, Bronco recovery vehicle sticker on the way. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I think it's natural that we all here uh, love the Jeep over the Bronco. And But there's absolutely nothing wrong with uh, with you guys. I mean, I know that uh, Greg over at uh, Underground Graphics has both a, a Gladiator and a, a Bronco. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, it's a graphic shop, and it also helps him uh, put graphics on the Broncos, which is which is a great thing to do. I mean, because uh, a lot of the Bronco people, they want to be Jeepers or uh, also Jeepers, so they, they've got to have decals on their Bronco as well. But I'll tell you this. Uh, when Greg went to EJS 2023, he took the Gladiator. Uh, mm-hmm. When uh, Greg was deciding which one of the two vehicles needed to be built up for off-road, he built up the Gladiator. So, well, duh. Yeah. No, no, I'm just saying that. But there's some listeners out there that may be going, well, I need a Bronco. And uh, yeah, I mean, this sounds good. Obviously, Bronco Ford's doing the right thing. Uh, they're uh, competing with Wrangler. It must be just as good. We don't think so. Don't let me put words in your, you, uh, y'all's mouth, but uh, we don't think so. We think that the, the best decision you'll ever make is to go with a Jeep. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the EVs. You know, sure, get you an EV as a second vehicle. Maybe you want to get a Bronco as a second vehicle. Well, it is called the Jeep Talk Show for a reason. And secondly, if you have a different opinion, you love your Bronco, why don't you give us a call and let us know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would love to do that. So head over to jeeptalkshow.com. JeepTalkShow.com slash contact. You know, you think I'd have that memorized by now. (laughs) (laughs) And let us know. Yeah, exactly how it is. Because obviously people are buying them. They are trying to wheel with them. But I think they're spending a lot of money trying to fix them up to be able to be compatible on that off-roading. And it depends on what you're trying to do. So there are people who are doing and wheeling with them. But a lot of them are just going to see pavement. I did see a few uh, Broncos out there at EGS uh, 2023. That's the one that Chuck didn't go to. (laughs) Or me. Thank you very much. Slam us both. It's all right. (laughs) Uh, I'll try to, I'll see if I can't get Chris to, uh, to come down to the, the hidden falls. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Remember he came, he came down last year and he had just got his rig like that week. So now that he's had it for, well, he, he got in an accident, so it was gone for six months. So now that he's had his vehicle now for five months. For three we'll weeks, see if we yeah. Can, <laughs> <laughs> see if we can't get him to come down. Well, he doesn't have to wheel. He can just park it. Maybe he can uh, ride with people and take pictures. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's a long way, so we don't have to make, have him uh, stuck down there at Hidden Falls. Oh, man, you better bring extra parts. For, okay. You know, for six months waiting for parts. <laughs> He is a Ford engineer, so maybe they'll have a helicopter for him. Oh no, that, oh, that would man. be that would be cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> your Ford Bronco comes with free towing <laughs> <laughs> or a helicopter. All right, so I think we all knew this was going to happen, but uh, the vehicle loan durations are being extended. Who's, who's Who's making the decision? Is it the consumer demanding that, or is the car dealers making this up so that they can 
I I think the car dealers want as much money as they can get as quickly well, as possible. They, of course they do. <laughs> I mean, that, that's why they're in business. Yeah. So uh, with uh, with the inflation, of course, the rising interest rates, uh, customers uh, are deciding to make the uh, uh, the the loan durations longer, and I think they're also uh, picking. Uh, and I would assume that there's multiple uh, layers of uh, not rental. What do you call it? Leases. Uh, that they're taking longer leases, and I'm sure it's all to get that uh, that monthly payment down where they can afford well, it. Yeah, because everything's gone up with the price of gas, the price of food, the price of living. So, yes, if they wanted to sell cars, they're going to have to do something to finance things a little bit longer. Sure. But But what does that do for the overall debt ceiling for all of us? I mean, just because you're in a, you know, you couldn't do a four-year loan, now you're in a six- or eight-year loan? That just makes it tougher for you to own that vehicle. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so help help me out, Tony. I, I haven't heard about this at all. And, of course, being in the construction world, I, I flip vehicles so much. And absolutely, I want, I want low interest, long payments because I'm not going to keep it. I'm only going to have it for a couple of years and I'm going to give it back to them half broke. So, I mean, what are we talking here? I mean, how many years are they pushing this stuff out for? 27, which is a, a great Jesus time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? <laughs> he, he's, he believes me. Wendy, you believe me too? Oh, this no, is great. No, I don't. No way. <laughs> like, like, that's, holy that's crap. The like, get yes. me. I'd like yeah. a dozen of them, please. Well, <laughs> well, if, it, if they cost it's hundred dollars a month now, Chuck, at twenty-seven they, year loan. If they cost as much as a damn house, they ought to be thirty years. So <laughs> this is true. <laughs> My trucks are yes. Well, some of the jeeps out there are. Some of the other yeah. higher end vehicles are. For crying out loud! What are they pushing these things for now? Oh, I think it's uh, seven years. Uh, I mean, some uh, godly numbers. I guess it's really all related to how long the vehicle is actually going to last. Um, I, I, I know you guys, and I'm not saying Jeep or, or even Ford does this, but I know you guys have either uh, thought about or even seen articles about a planned obsolescence. So uh, sometimes they, uh, theoretically, I'll say, design vehicles to fail after a certain number of miles. It's it's like that mm-hmm. old that old commercial about the the bubble gum that lasted so long that I mention every so often because I thought it was so funny. The the bubble gum lasts so long they were trying to get people to spit out the gum so they would buy more gum. So that's kind of the downside to actually building something that is very durable uh, and lasts a long time. But my God, if you're going to be paying for the damn thing for so long, doesn't it have to uh, last a while? Or people just aren't going to buy it. They're not going to pay the the money for it. Well, I, I'm actually on the opposite. So, you know, we, we run Dodges here, Dodge Rams, the uh, the diesels, and uh, we keep them for about 98,000 miles. And that's, you get the highest resale value on one of those vehicles, because if you get a Dodge Ram and you got less than 100,000 miles, what does everyone say? Well, that thing's not even broke in yet. Yeah. Well, not the, not the motor. Yeah. Everything else, all the door, the panels, the dash, the, you know, the seats, everything else, like we, I mean, they are beat to, you know what, but the motor and the transmission are are just okay. And I had one vehicle, I think it was in 2018, I had 98,000 miles on it in 11 months. I literally had a truck for less than a year and I turned around and I got top dollar for it and I got a brand brand new truck, got my money back only paid for it you know for that 
whatever that year was you know and i don't know what my i don't even want to know what my monthly payments are on vehicles but i mean that that is a a thought on a on the business that's side of course i business mentality on the business side 100 percent. that's why my guys they all get brand new trucks and you know if they stay for a year great they get a new one or in two years great they get a new one if they stay for less than that we just give it to the next guy and then he gets it for the the rest of the hundred thousand miles you know we use air quotes there have you considered doing this in your for your personal vehicles or or do you do this for your personal vehicles so my personal vehicles are all jeeps and they're all, all i have you're not paying for those that's right all my personal ve- i have one personal vehicle it's a 1996 ford uh f-350 um it's got a 7.3 liter in it with a uh the five speed we, it's actually a 10 speed now we put a gear splitter in it it's 1996. It just turned 103,000 miles. 1996. Yeah, because you normally I, I don't, you normally I, drive the the company, one of the company vehicles. Right. I always have company trucks. Yeah. Or my or my Jeeps, which Jeeps don't have miles. They're just cool. It doesn't matter. It could have 957,000 miles. It's a Jeep. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. So yep. taking you taking this conversation a bit off uh, the beaten trail, um, this is, is this did this help dissuade you from getting a Jeep Gladiator? Because I know at one point you were really interested in that, and if you had done that, you would have been looking at a a Jeep that you're making payments on for. I mean, it really depends on the finances, of course, but for most people, four or five, six years. Right. It, it that's not a company vehicle. I mean, I it. There, there's a certain GVWR that uh, you have to have for it to be a considered commercial vehicle. Mm-hmm. So the Gladiator doesn't fit into that. So it would it would be me buying a personal vehicle, and that's why we did not do it because I cannot. I mean, I could go out and buy my like my Red Dodge. I mean, that's eighty off the showroom. It was eighty four thousand. Well, that's fine. It's the company's. Like, who cares? Like that. It's not my money. It's the company's money. It's a whole different ball of wax. I'm not going to go out and spend $60,000 on a Jeep personally because that hurts me. Like that's, that's a lot of money for Chuck. I don't have that much money. So yeah, that's the, the reason. And I did not buy a new Jeep is because I, I don't own, don't own vehicles. I have old, old stuff. Right. It makes but, sense. Uh, so that's an interesting, I'm glad that, uh, that you mentioned that if, as a business owner, Longer duration uh, loans and leases is a good thing for you because it minimizes uh, yeah. and, and make sure I'm right about this. It minimizes uh, your monthly uh, cost, and you and uh, and you're just going to trade it in anyway and get, and get something to replace it within uh, a year or you know under a hundred thousand miles, which which makes sense. I never thought about that. Yeah, I mean there there's trucks that I, I I just don't even see. Like Stephen, he finally showed up today. I haven't seen him in three weeks. He's got a 2013 or no 2023 ford i mean that's what he wanted he wanted a ford i bought him a ford i haven't seen the thing in three weeks he drives it every day but it's mine so let me ask you this do you ever get in a vehicle uh uh, the uh, company vehicle and you really like it and you want to keep it or or, or do you just beat that out of yourself so that you know that you're going to trade the thing in don't don't fall in love with this vehicle no i'm a jeep guy i get into every single jeep i've ever been in i want to own (laughs) <laughs> like that yeah. i am a, i am a tried and true i am a jeep dude i don't care if it's a grocery getting jeep i don't care if it's got jeep on the side of it and i make fun of a lot of jeeps that have jeep on the side of it i want it uh, but anything else i i don't it doesn't get 
it doesn't rock my boat you know i don't mm. really care yeah interesting i've always just uh not every vehicle i've had but i've just always really just loved the vehicle and uh i, I guess if i had the the income i maybe i would uh flip vehicles more often but uh yeah I'm, it's it's normal for me to keep a vehicle for a long time how about you wendy do you guys uh, i mean you got a lot of modifications on your uh, your jku have you guys thought about uh getting a, a 27 year loan for a new vehicle no <laughs> I'm, I'm like chuck we have all of our stuff is paid off we have trucks we are jeep people we know we're just going to stick with the old good stuff and move on mm-hmm. it's too expensive it doesn't make any sense logically to do that you know for us yeah, yeah. So. i think i got really lucky with a gladiator because uh, gladiators are, are very expensive and were very yeah. expensive back in 2021 when i got uh, got mine uh-huh. And, uh, and and I need to go back and verify this, but I'm pretty sure I remember how much money I spent forty one thousand uh, dollars for that uh, that gladiator I got. Which, I think was which wonderful. I think is yeah, a good deal. And I don't think you could get one today for that. I think it's the prices have just skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could have got one that for that in 2021, or maybe close no. to that. But I think no, I think uh, you got a good deal. Yeah, I think Southwork uh, did me uh, did me a really they, good uh, deal. They did a great deal for you. Hey guys. Uh, Bob, you're just uh, driving across Colorado and Nebraska today. I'm actually driving somebody else's Jeep Grand Cherokee to a new location for them. So I was listening to the latest episode of the show. Chuck was concerned about what to do with his power tank for filling it. And he mentioned going to a local welding shop. What you do is go to your welding shop and get lease from them a... CO2 siphon tank, and then you go down to your local Ace Hardware, whatever you got, and you can buy all the parts you need to build your own fill station, and you can fill your own power tank in your shop, and then when your siphon tank goes empty, you just take it in, switch it out at the welding shop. Uh, You always have uh, your CO2 on hand. You don't even have to top the tank off if you didn't want to. You just put 5, 8, 10 pounds in a 15-pounder. But you can set up a scale and everything to weigh it. I used to fill all of our own power uh, or uh, CO2 tanks for paintball and stuff back in the day. But that's the way to do it. All right. Talk to you all later. That's brilliant. That is a great idea. idea. I, I don't know what the cost would yeah. be, but I like the the overall idea. We, mm-hmm. So we we run a uh, a welding shop. You know, we've got our own welding stuff for these big red iron buildings that we build. And uh, yeah, I've got I don't even know a half a dozen to ten different tanks sitting in the shed right now. Yeah, that job Bob is a genius. Like he is just one of those untold guys that you're like, damn it, Bob, why didn't I know you when I was a child? <laughs> Dang it, this is that'll be great. Power tank, here we come. That's the new added to the Jeep. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I mean, that to me is yeah. the, the biggest detractor from a, a CO2 tank is uh, where do you get it filled? Um, and boy, if, if the word, if the the answer to that is, well, at home or at my shop, then it's, right. then it's really easy. <laughs> Back to the shed. It's sitting right there. <laughs> oh, how many Jeepers do you employ, uh, Chuck? None. I can't afford jeepers. <laughs> Do you know how much money those the guys need? Well, I, I, I sh- need yeah. every week. Then, like, then what I should ask is, how many of them are off roaders? 
I can't afford off-roaders. All right, good. So, I, so your CO two uh, tank should be safe. <laughs> you shouldn't have anybody <laughs> siphoning it off for their for their CO two tanks. For their fun stuff. Yeah, only, only Wayne. I mean, you met Wayne. Wayne's uh-huh. the only one. He's the, he runs the ranch here, and he's got that beautiful CJ seven. It's his daily driver, and uh, he runs cows with it and everything. And but Wayne's not into modifications. He likes his very bone stock CJ seven. Nothing wrong with that. So I don't have. To Oh, and it's it's just so every he gets in it and it just fires up every time and you're like wow. God, it's so nice. Yeah, he works on it every day though. Man, <laughs> I wish uh, I wish I have to clean up the garage. I wish I had room for that. Again, I don't know what the pricing is, but uh, I'd love to have a uh, a CO two tank. I think that is a great addition after having to air up out there at uh, EJS. I can just well imagine how it is. It is important, especially whenever you're trying to get back into town to meet everybody up for food. I mean, food. Come on. Except, Tony, I'm just going to say you could have run the air pressure you had on those Nixon tires. You would have been fine. So you didn't have to air up at the end of that trail. You weren't going to be going a major speed. You were probably just doing 35, 40 miles an hour. You'd have been fine. 70. No. It's a freeway. It's 70. (laughs) (laughs) Did I mention there was food waiting for me? (laughs) I was actually just just sitting back this last, I don't know, a week or two ago going, you know, I need to add another um, air compressor to my setup so I can get more compressed air faster Mm -hmm. into my tank Mm -hmm. because I have a two and a half gallon tank because I didn't want to have this secondary CO2 thingy that now I'm out in the middle of nowhere and what a pain in the ass to get, you know, 10 pounds at a time or gallons or whatever it is. And now that Bob said what he said, I think I'm just going to run the same old air compressor setup that I have for my lockers. And now I'll get this other tank because I mean, hell, I can just get a siphon tank and just do it mm-hmm. like this. This, oh, is a, a great this is a big, that's a great phone call that we just got. Like, Bob, thank you very much. Whenever you do listen to this, when you're supposed to be working and you're not by <laughs> You know, we love it. Fine, thank you. We love Bob calling in with his voicemails. Uh, but as far as value goes, that would be the first valuable voicemail he's given us. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not very nice. He well, calls in all the time with well, great comments. Well, keep keep in mind he is fu Bob, so you can't and, and you never compliment Bob. Yeah, but but we have to. It's a hell of an idea. The first time I met Bob, he brought me to a risque uh, restaurant, and I just looked at. But I'm like, F you, Bob. Like, come on, man. You can't do that. <laughs> uh, Bob's, uh, Bob's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot of fun out there at e- e- uh, EGS. Well, you know, you were there, Chuck. You know how much fun he was. Stop harassing him. <laughs> It'll never stop. <laughs> no. Sorry, Chuck. It's all you, not me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I don't, care. It, it I don't to, listen. It used to get divvied up between uh, everybody and, uh, and Josh, or at least Josh for sure. Yeah. Not oh, anymore. you know, I just realized something. Uh, with him working an extra job, he can uh, get me a uh, a replacement uh, steering stabilizer that he he bent out there at uh, Hidden Falls. <laughs> Good luck collecting on that. <laughs> See, I, I don't ever forget. <laughs> you're, you're you're low man on the totem pole with that one, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead and keep wishing and dreaming, Tony. It's always right. good to have goals. <laughs> All right, Wendy. So uh, how did you uh, cut the right wire and keep the bus from exploding? <laughs> well, all right. So this is a great little story. Uh, we we were teaching off-road training one day, and uh, we went and had dinner. We came out. The Jeep would not start, literally, just like a click-click when he turned the key. 
Bella just put in a new uh, high, a battery and an alternator. So we knew it really wasn't going to be battery issue, but possibly a wiring issue. And he'd also recently installed a new auxiliary fuse block to get all the extra wires off the positive terminal to clean up things under the hood. So he thought that he may have left something loose on the battery terminals. Well, well Wendy, quick question. Would it, turn, yeah. would it turn over and not start or no, it just, just wouldn't click. turn over? Wouldn't turn over. It just went click. click. Okay. Because if it turned <laughs> over, it just could have been out of gas. No. Yeah. That was not the case. I can tell you that. There was plenty of fuel. But, so basically, he just, you know, we're sitting in the parking lot of the restaurant. He got some tools out, tightened the bolts in the terminals. And guess what? Still wouldn't start. Oh, no. So he kind of tried a few more times. Anyway, we have this thing called a jumpstart portable car jumpstart. Sure, have you sure. guys seen that? Who, who, Love what this. brand do you use? I don't know. I'd have to go look at the no, thing. No, it's all right. I mean, they, there's several of them good out there. Job, well, it's cool. That's good. Oh, right there. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> good, good job, show? Tony. Damn it, Bill. Why didn't you put that in there? I asked him to give me the name of it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so... When we, when we use that little starter pack, which is great, rather than having to find somebody to get jumper cables and, right. and you put park your car here and do the thing, it just fired right off. So that kind of told him that there was a bad connection to the terminals. And he's like, well, we should make it home. Not not a big deal. So off we go. And he even made the comment to me, which I thought was funny, is because I was trying to explain, I was trying to understand the difference between the alternator and the battery as far as what actually starts the vehicle. And he's like, we could just disconnect the battery right now and we don't even need it. So, so yeah, later, sure. later I brought that up against. Anyway, so we're heading out of town. We're in a four lane street. We're in the fast lane. We come to a stoplight and the Jeep makes this really weird dinging, beeping noises and then completely shuts off as Bill comes to stop at an intersection. I'm like, well, this is fun. So we have mm -hmm. nothing. There's no power. There's no flashers, nothing. So I got to the Jeep. The guy behind is so kind to put his flashers on. And Bill, he's really, really perplexed at this point, trying to figure out what is going on. He opens the hood, jiggles some wires while I try the starter, nothing. So this is where it gets really funny. So he goes to the back of the Jeep to get the tools in the back of the Jeep with power door locks <laughs> that aren't working because we have no power. So now he's trying to decide how he's going to crawl over the back seats. If you've been in a four-door JK, you know those seats are kind of tall, and all of our tools are in the back, right? So why would we? It's kind of funny. And then all of a sudden, the Jeep lights come back on, the flashers start, and he can unlock oh, the rear door. <laughs> there was a UFO following you. That's it's the problem. So weird. <laughs> it's just so weird. And the guy behind, he was so nice. He decides to, you know, head out and not stay there with us, but he did ask. He wasn't was He wasn't in a Bronco, was he? Thank no, God. he was in a van. No, thank God. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't in a Bronco making fun of us. But it's just nice to have somebody ask, hey, do you yeah. need help? Because usually people don't do that. So anyway, Bill continues to tighten those terminals. Nothing still won't work. So we used the, the, uh, the, the jump starter again. Jeep starts perfectly. So we can, we can start heading toward home. And I said, hey, maybe we should move to the slow lane so that we're not, in case it dies again, we can at least get out of sure. the traffic. Yeah. So we move over to the right-hand side, no big deal. And, um, Wait a minute. Still, so you're saying Bill listened to you and did what you yeah. suggested. Oh, uh, on, on two occasions, actually. We, we, we've got to check his man card and take it in <laughs> and keep it for a little while. <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's a man card. It's the husband card. Uh, anyway, so he knows that he, he had cleaned all the terminals. He rewired a few things to make it nicer, cleaner underneath. Doesn't matter. But everything's working fine. And we know it's been working because we've been driving and teaching daily for the past couple of weeks. 
So why today and why now? Yeah. Still a mystery. Okay. So as we continued on the way, I say to him, hey, is there anything you might need from an auto parts store since we're passing? We pass an auto zone. And you know when there's not a zone, there's an O'Reilly's or something else next to it. So he decides, you know, maybe a wire brush should be in order. So as we continue down the road, I see an O'Reilly's on the left side of the street. Of course, we're on the right side of the street. So now he has to move over two lanes to get to the parking area. As we make the left turn into the parking lot, the Jeep completely dies. No warning this time. And guess what? No steering, no brakes. And instead of our ram assist, he he called it ram resist. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it was all he could do to get the Jeep parked. So it just kind of rolled to a stop. But, you know, with the bigger tires sliding kind of the parking area, we managed to park the Jeep. And, you know, we're there. So big deal. So he gets the wire brush, gets some t- battery terminal grease. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then he takes everything apart off the terminals and scrubs the unit out of them. Well, come to... Th- Come to find out a few weeks ago, he ordered new battery terminals that were painted red and black. Oh, obviously no. for positive and oh, for no. negative, right? Turns out the paint was not allowing the complete electrical connection. After moving all the wires, he moved for that new fuse block. So we're thinking over time, it must have just jiggled itself away from the perfect contact. So here he is using the brush. Then he used his knife and he's scraping all of the paint off yes. the new terminals and connectors, completely taking it off. Put everything back together, use the grease to contain to maintain that connection. Jeep started right up, got back on the road, made it home with no more issues, and we've been driving it since. But isn't that the weirdest thing? I mean, it doesn't matter. Here you go to do something nice. He's trying to clean things up, <laughs> and something like that has to happen. But the look on that man's face when that thing dies <laughs> two more times in the parking lot priceless it's just so it's just so damn frustrating especially when you know what the hell you're doing yeah and and you've done it a hundred times before oh yeah and then you have this intermittent situation and of course you're you're not even considering the part that you did because you knew you did it right well yeah and the fuse but oh hey man he does this beautiful fuse box and he lined everything up and he moved all the wires and cleaned it all and our terminals are clean there was no cleaning to do on the terminals the battery's pretty brand new so he knew kind of where it was, which I'm thankful for that because I probably would have been like, uh, AAA, can you come get me? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, let me tell this thing home and work on it there or set fire yeah. to it there. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So we were lucky that we pulled into that parking lot and nobody was there. There was no cars in the way. I mean, he was just kind of gliding in, you know. So that's just good advice for anybody to, you just have to be aware that your ram assist, your power steering, anything back breaks door locks to get to your tools in the back now i might have to adjust where you're going to hang put those tools now from now on but we couldn't get the door he couldn't get the back door open it was locked so wendy i'll just i'll just point this out that uh, men will find a way to get over those seats very very quickly in a drive-in movie so it's all about (laughs) motivation you know what i'm going to remind him of that say hey dude (laughs) i don't want to hear about it So anyway, I just think it was kind of funny. It's one of those weird things. We weren't off-roading. We had been training in the dirt, but it wasn't like we were doing anything major. Um, And then here's this little funky, random, you never know kind of deal. So Mm -hmm. life is exciting. (laughs) You never know when you're going to be stopped in the middle of an intersection and you're, well, not the middle of the intersection, but up to the intersection and getting out and hoping nobody hits you or does something stupid and Everything was good. So. Well, this will anyway. be a good time to get some portable flashing things. 
uh, yeah. emergency flashing things that I you can put I thought about out. that. Yeah, like triangles or some kind of yeah. cones. They make, luckily, these little, they make these little round, uh, like hockey puck looking things. I've seen those. And, and they, uh, they flash, right, for yeah. emergencies and different things. LED, really they, they have their own, you know, rechargeable batteries and stuff in there. And, uh, That's yeah. a really and what's really funny is we were going through some stuff in the Jeep probably about four days prior, and Bill came across that, that uh, jump starter. And he's like, oh. you know, I, pro- I probably should charge this. Oh, yeah. Jeep for no. a while because we carry a- it with us. <laughs> yeah, that's a wonderful thing to have. I bet you Chuck has several of those things with oh, all those God. dodges. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad. I'm awake, damn it. <laughs> he heard dodge and batteries. <laughs> yeah. They're all Stellantis vehicles, damn it. Uh, well, that's actually a good thing. I think Dodge has a good value. Uh, as far as full-size pickups go, I think they have oh, a, yeah. a really good value for uh, price performance. Uh, I mean, I, I love Ford trucks, but uh, yeah, if I was looking at buying a new truck, I would certainly look at a, a Dodge truck. So how often do you see the comments, or maybe even make them, that when there's Jeep damage, it's just a reason to upgrade? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is it true though isn't stock good enough yeah it depends on what you want to do i keep saying that to newbie drivers that stock true. is perfect that <laughs> your stock jeep is more capable than you believe and you know you do not have to do any upgrades you do not have to do anything so what you're saying is you're going to play the the position of the buzzkill on the jeep talk show no i'm not <laughs> i'm saying that you can do upgrades. I'm just saying, you know, if you go out and you damage something, that's the reason for the upgrade. <laughs> what about you? What about you, Chuck? You can't do anything but upgrades on your Jeeps, right? Well, no, man. I, I'm uh, I'm back and forth. So I've got a, a bone stock CJ5, and I love it. And it's actually the one I'm probably going to bring down to Texas. And it uh, it was my dad's Jeep, and uh, I kept it 100% bone stock. That's cool. My son, Josh, he's got the bone stock 46. And I mean, that is a, as a head turner because it, it's obviously a young man who's hand building his own Jeep. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I've got the rock crawler CJ5. That's all boat sided and dovetailed and sprung over. And I handmade everything. That's cool. And of course, now what I'm doing with the scrambler, which is, oh, to me, it's a, it's a, well, I mean, everything is handmade. I mean, I am, I'm both. I, I, I love, the cool ass stock rigs that are out there doing it like i don't like stock rigs that don't go off-road i love them off-road and then i like the handmade you've you've done everything yourself rigs like i i love both sides of the spectrum absolutely love them in between yeah yeah i I love it yeah i really do i mean if it's if it's off-road and a guy's trying i dig it a hundred percent so you're open to anything. You're kind of a, a Jeep slut. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, oh, amen. Yeah, not just the Jeep slut, but a slut in and of itself. Yes. <laughs> as long as there's a beer involved. So, you and, know, I recently went on um, a Metal Masher and backed into a tree. Yeah, let all the jokes uh, fly. And uh, I think Chip produced a, a student driver uh, magnetic sticker to put on uh, the and- the rear quarter yeah, panel there. So deserved, by the way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, I had the option. I could have just replaced the Mopar uh, tail light, uh, and a single tail light would have been one hundred and twenty-three dollars. Uh, of course, that's before tax and shipping. And so that means that two of them would have been about two forty-six. 
Or I could upgrade to the Oracle tail lights, you know, the nice curvy ones that don't stick out and they're just uh, uh, nice and flush with the vehicle, look uh, very futuristic and really what I think Jeep should have done to start with. Uh, and they were about three fifty dollars uh, with free shipping. this is how it starts. This is how it starts, <laughs> by the way, for all the listeners, just so you know. Justifying mm-hmm. the cost difference. Yeah. So uh, upgrading cost me about 100 bucks. Right. That's how you see. That's how they justify it. Just so the women are listening, this is how the guys justify. Well, it. this is how you suck the spouses in. You know, it's like it's I exactly used a coupon, or I got yeah. it on sale. Oh Look, no, it's I understand. Only costing me <laughs> another hundred dollars, and Good. I'm good. And the wife goes a hundred dollars. Sure, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> or or two hundred thirty six. It's either a hundred or two hundred thirty six. It doesn't really matter. It's somewhere in there. You know. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Whenever Bill does that, he's like, "Well, you know." This is what the cost is, but I can get it for this, but it's going to do that. And I'm like, okay, just do it. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I need to get back to the TV. Just, just exactly. buy it. Just whatever. So you guys also might remember, because I never let it die, uh, the keying damage that I had on the flares. And I'm concerned, and actually uh, Greg of uh, uh, Unofficial Use Only mentioned to me, don't let them repair the flares. Uh, they need to, because it's a gouge, the plastic is gouged out of it. And it being flexible and taken off-road, it's just that stuff is going to pop out or it's going to crack and it's just not going to be good. So replace the flares. And I got a little pushback from the collision uh, company. They said, oh, yeah, well, uh, your insurance company won't, won't, uh, per, uh, won't, won't support that. So I'm thinking about uh, getting some flares myself. And uh, I actually asked this question on the on this week's roundtable. I'm sorry, last week's roundtable, <clears throat> asking if it was uh, uh, which what would be good flares to get. Now keep in mind, uh, I don't like uh, a rooster tail from the water <laughs> when the the tires stick out a lot further in the front than the fenders uh, because uh, it it does make uh, it makes it hard to see and the water just really just goes depending on how much I was on the ground, goes up really high in the air. I mean, I went through all this with my XJ before I put the uh, the larger flares on there. So even though I like the idea of the, the thin metal uh, flares, uh, I think for practicality, because uh, it's on the road the majority of the time, uh, it needs to be full-size flares. And of course, uh, looking at what's out there and the prices of those things, I think that the, the the best solution is the Mopar uh, Rubicon flares. It'll give me more uh, space between the, the top of the tire and the, the, the flare. And uh, it has kind of that cool OEM uh, Rubicon mm-hmm. look to it. So uh, that's the way I was leaning. Now, I, I know that Greg Henderson, all, again, at uh, an official use only, uh, he actually used the Quadratech uh, HD uh, Baja HD fender flares on his uh, JTE uh, 5050 uh, Gladiator build uh, for Quadratech, <clears throat> and uh, I'm sure one of the reasons why he used those is because it's a Quadratech build, and uh, he really likes them though. And so I'm looking at, at those; they are full size uh, fender flares, and they have more clearance than the Rubicon flares. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, I, I don't know that either one of you have any, any uh, ideas for me on the fender flares because you don't have a Gladiator uh, or a, a JL or JLU, but you, the listener, may. So, uh, what do you think? Uh, should I go with the Rubicon flares? Should I go with the uh, Quadratech flares? Or maybe there's one that I'm missing as a consideration. Let me know. Uh, 
Yep. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and you guys mentioned to check your rig out when you're done wheeling. And Chuck, you said that when you're driving your Jeep, you can tell if something's not quite right. I drive an XJ, and let me tell you, nothing's ever quite right on that thing. Matter of fact, you kind of notice when something is right on it. Oh, that's good. That's not why I'm calling. Of course. I'm calling to tell you that I have evidence that trees do indeed poop. Yeah, how else can you explain the number two pencil? (laughs) All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. Can you have a good one? Bye. Oh, that was a shitty joke. That was really bad. (laughs) Good job, Tony. Thank you. So we're excited to announce that in our next interview episode, we'll be featuring a special guest interview with Justin Murray, uh, the man behind the great Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion. Wendy, have you ever been to that uh, the, the Great Smoky no, Mountain Jeep Invasion? But I would love to. I think that'd be a great, great experience. Uh, and Chuck, I don't think you've been either, have you? No. Where's it at? Tennessee Pigeon the Forge, s- the Smoky Mountains. Sweet. Yeah, that's that's relatively close to you, isn't it? That's yeah, that's close to Chuck. He could do that. Today. It's really close. When yeah, mm-hmm. Tennessee at North Mexico is really really close. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so are you going to the Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion? You may after listening to this great interview. Be sure and tune in to our next interview episode to catch this exclusive interview. You won't want to miss it. Hey, JTS. This is Randy from Florida. Just wanted to give you guys a shout out and say the EJS stuff is pretty cool. Hope you guys had a good time. I do want to let you know being from Florida, you need to go to Jeep Beach at least once in your lifetime. Yes, it is a huge show and shine and vendor show, but they do have an off-road park. You can go get muddy. They'll have an obstacle course. There are lots of trails to ride within an hour. Uh, pretty cool. And, of course, you have the beach and bikinis. And nothing's better than watching Brittany from Light Bright run around and video stuff. So um, if you want to increase your show, get your ass there. For all of those who are going and you want to hook up GMRS1 or CB1 and look up Punk. That's my TJ. It's blue, the best color. Red sucks. Hope to see you guys there. <laughs> Bye. Hi. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I like this Randy guy. This is cool. Yes. Blue is a beautiful color, Randy. Thank you. Blue is a beautiful color. So, uh, Jeep Beach uh, 2023 was last week, and uh, we got lots of great pictures. <clears throat> and uh, Dixie Overland is actually out there, uh, or, was, or should say was out there, sporting a, a Jeep talk show flag. Uh, so uh, keep watching our social media and uh, for great shots. You know how that stuff. Uh, I mean, we're still posting EGS pictures as I, I as I find interesting ones. Uh, actually, they're all interesting. It's just you know which which one of the kids do you want to put out there is is kind of the way it works because the so many great shots at EGS and I'm sure there are at uh, uh, Jeep Beach as well. All right, so I mentioned these earlier, and I think that uh, just because it has the Greg uh, unofficial use only uh, seal of approval, it's worth mentioning it, mentioning it to, to you guys. The Quadratech Baja HD Fender Flares for the 20, uh, 2020 through 2023 Jeep Gladiator. So the the rugged, and keep in mind, these are actually from Quadratech, so it's their branded uh, flares. 
and uh, Greg uh, mentioned he, he really likes the, the Rubicon flares. He thinks that's a great choice for flares. Uh, but uh, this actually gives you more space, more room, and uh, they're significantly cheaper uh, than the OEM, which I'm supr- sure nobody's surprised uh, that that would be the case. So the uh, the rugged Baja HD fender flares for the Jeep uh, Gladiator offer the same tire coverage as the factory Rubicon flares, measures five eighths of an inch wider than the sports flares, while providing an additional three inches of vertical tire clearance over Sport and Sahara factory versions. So this is very much for you folks out there that don't have the Rubicon, uh, or I guess even the uh, the Mojave one probably has uh, higher uh, fender flares on those as well. Uh, but uh, so this is a great upgrade for a, a Sport, Sport S, or really any. Uh, uh, any Gladiator that uh, doesn't already have uh, the higher clearance uh, flares. So this extra height uh, w- and width mean you'll have the tire coverage that you need, the room for most o- oversized tire and wheel setups. Flares come complete with hardware and detailed installation instructions and offer a finished black 2mm thick thermoplastic material that is virtually indestructible. And I know several of you go, several of you out there just said, I'll take that as a good challenge. <laughs> they install without factory inner fender flares, enabling the use of many custom metal inner fender liners uh, and uh, work with existing factory turn signals and DLRL assemblies. Now, this is what I think may be one downside to not getting the, the OEM ones, because I do believe, and somebody correct me on this if you know, the, uh, the factory uh, Rubicon flares do come with the light assemblies. So, for example, if you're like me and didn't get the LED package, I could actually get the OEM uh, Rubicon flares and get the LED uh, turn signals uh, in there. So, uh, just a, another way to uh, uh, upgrade the the Sport S to something that's more along the lines of a uh, uh, a. Uh, I always get the I always get confused between Rubicon and Gladiator. I want to say Gladiator when I mean to say Rubicon. So I have to think really hard. My brain's getting hot. <clears throat> so some modifications are required. Flares include uh, front and rear pairs. And that means more room both in the front and the rear. Because remember, you do need more flex in the rear as well. Yeah, uh, Ch- mm-hmm. yeah Chuck makes makes a uh, off-color comment right now. Uh, no. <laughs> so, so check out the Quadratech Baja HD fender flares for the 2020 and through 2023 Jeep Gladiator at Quadratech.com. I, I actually like these for the Gladiator for you versus the OEMs. Yeah, I'm going to look at it. Uh, the only thing I would really I was really looking forward to is getting the uh, the DLR and the LED turn signals <clears throat> from the uh, uh, the Rubicon flares, mm-hmm. and uh, I, they may make uh, ones that go in that same little slot that I like. I just wonder how much they cost. So any cost mm-hmm. savings I may have getting these flares over the OEM ones uh, may be lost in getting the uh, the LED upgrade, so to speak. Got it. Mm. They look great on Greg's rig that he built. Mm-hmm. When I got to see his, his rig and uh, he was talking me through it, I mean, it. Uh, I don't know anything about these damn Jeeps, but uh, I mean, it looked so damn good. Like, and I actually, while you were jibber jabbering there, I, I grabbed some pictures off my phone just so I can remember, you know, what did it really look like in person? And I had to do a double take and it is the exact same fender flares and it looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like a lot it, of room in there, too. You can tell there's a yes. lot of room. Yep. Yep. Oh, and I'll mention, I'm sure somebody's asking this question, uh, the, uh, some listeners asking this question right now, 
is uh, you, you went to uh, EGS 2023, you went on Metal Masher and some other trails. Did you rob the the stock Sport S fender, fender flares? Uh, keep in mind, I'm running 35, 35, 12 and a half by 17s, and I did not rub. Well, I think there was some slight rubbing on the, the front inner on, uh, on one side, uh, but uh, uh, for the majority, I mean, nothing got pulled off, nothing got popped off, nothing was tore up. Uh, but I um, mean, don't we always want some additional uh, flexing room? And of course, I'm not done making modifications, so there's always a possibility that uh, there could be a larger tire or more flex uh, in my future. So uh, again, why replace a, a flare that is uh, limiting? I, mm-hmm. I I really don't know of any good reason for that flare to be that low. Um, I don't. Yeah, I know. I, I know on ours, 2008, we don't have a blinker turn signal inside the flare so bill just trimmed them so yeah. we have we have the originals i'm sure and uh we have not upgraded that but it's never been a problem for us but we don't have what you have which is they, they put the turn signals in there so now you have to buy something that connects and not do steel or aluminum or whatever else other people do you got to sort of stick with something that like this so well i mean you can do the steel or aluminum but they have to put in a uh, a little sometimes a it's, sometimes it's just this little bitty cheap looking uh, light on there but yeah it's good exactly. enough to pass the uh the the, the state law requirements so right yeah yep. yeah these are kind of fancy um but uh, i mean the gladiator is kind of fancy so well it looks good i mm-hmm. think you should do it mm-hmm all right, I want to remind everybody about our Tuesday Roundtable episodes. Uh, the really cool thing is is that it, it, we recorded on Tuesday, so not to be too confusing, we recorded on Tuesday, and you can join in. It's at 8 p.m. Central Time, and you can sign up for our newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact so that you can get notifications about the Roundtable episode. And if you don't know what the Roundtable episode is, well, it's a Roundtable where you have several people talking about stuff. We either have a question or questions about Jeeps that you can uh, answer, and sometimes that goes down a rabbit hole. Uh, And then other times we have uh, guests that we do a mini interview, 10 or 15 minutes, and then we turn it over to you, the Zoom meeting uh, people, the Zoom people, to ask your questions of our guest. And it's just, either one is just a load of fun. Uh, and I actually, uh, I, I, sometimes I, uh, I will leave uh, after the show has been recorded, after the episode has been recorded. I'll hang around, talk to the, uh, the Zoom people for a while, and then I'll uh, uh, push off the meeting to somebody else so they can be in control of it. And I leave. I go go get dinner or, or whatever. And uh, this last uh, roundtable, I think it was midnight. And uh, John L. sent me a message, and he told me a few things. They were having discussions about Josh leaving the show. And uh, he says, uh, yeah, and the, the meeting's still going. It was midnight, <laughs> and they were still talking. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and it's not that unusual. It usually goes on an hour, sometimes an hour and a half, or two hours after the, the recorded section ends. So what you're missing isn't just what you can hear on Wednesday when we publish this thing. What you're missing is all that conversation, all that fun, uh, all that controversy, I'm sure, that happens after the recording stops. So I highly recommend you uh, to join uh, the the Jeep uh, Roundtable conversation every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Time. Again, just go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you will see how you can join that uh, really fun event. 
Also, too, I want to remind you about our Discord server. It's another way for you to interact with uh, with Jeep people and uh, Jeep Talk Show listeners, and, and also to the Jeep Talk Show. Hell, Wendy's on there. Chuck gets on there. You can actually see what Chuck's doing with his uh, 81 Scrambler as he's uh, rebuilding it. So mm-hmm. uh, he puts up pictures uh, on there, and uh, we all do. We all do little things about uh, show off little things that we're doing. And uh, it, even though it's a great texting-type app, uh, that you can uh, just text people. It, it's a great uh, distraction for work and other places whenever you're just not busy. Maybe you're at the DMV and you got six hours to kill. Um, so, yeah. but you can also post pictures, and uh, the, the pictures are a lot of fun. So, uh, just uh, uh, <laughs> leave your self-respect at home. <laughs> Well, that's it for this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. Not to fret there. There are three more weekly episodes you can look forward to. Two flagship episodes, a roundtable, and an interview episode every week. You know, sometimes life doesn't make much sense, but that's the part of the adventure. Keep going and you'll find the miracle of discovery. Broadcasting since 2010.